welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Is this thing on? Check, check. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 122, the 2017 NWTF Convention Recap. And I am your host and the guy who's using a brand new microphone today. So I hope the audio sounds a good bit better because if it doesn't, then I've sunk some money into a new microphone for no reason. You guys ask for better audio, and hopefully you're getting better audio. So, so it looks like I just landed two new turkey hunting spots for this spring season in Alabama. So I'm pretty stoked about this. I'll get into that a little bit more. One of them I'm pretty sure is going to pan out. I'm actually meeting the guy out there Sunday to take a look at the property. And the other is a friend of mine who has a hunting club who says that I can go down there and hunt, that he's got one guy in his club who turkey hunts, and he said he would be glad to have me down there. Now, saying you'll be glad to have me down there and actually being glad to have me down there if I come dragging a turkey in one day are two different things. So we'll find out about that. But I'm pretty excited about these two opportunities as we are now 20 days 8 hours, 9 minutes, and 21 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Three weeks from this morning, I will be in the woods hoping to hear the gobble of a lonely wild turkey. So after I posted last week's show, I got to thinking that the week before, I actually promised you guys that I would talk about a wild turkey nest predator that Trent and I actually did not talk about in the interview, and I would talk to you about how to trap that predator. So I mentioned that to you two weeks ago, that I would tell you about it last week, and then when last week rolled around, I think I was just so jacked up about getting out of town, getting to the convention, that I completely forgot about it. So I'm going to briefly talk about that today. So the one nest predator that Trent Masterson and I did not talk about that we can actually help to lower the population of on our hunting property is crows. Crows are actually a pretty significant nest raider of wild turkey hens. If you think about how you see crows moving around all day long during daylight hours, it's nothing for a crow to find a hen on a nest and then either run that hen off or wait on that hen to leave and get into those eggs. So I looked around a little bit on YouTube and I actually found a trap that you can make for crows. So the videos that I found on YouTube that feature this ladder trap were all shot in the UK and the UK has quite a bird problem. So I believe they are pretty good at knowing how to get rid of some unwanted birds. So if you want to actually see this crow trap in action, you can go to YouTube and just search trapping crows. And you should be able to see some videos of what is called a ladder trap. Now I'm going to try to describe this ladder trap for you guys very quickly. Imagine a cube, basically a box 
and on the front of this box it has a door but the exterior of this box is not a solid material is actually made of chicken wire so the exterior of this box is chicken wire the front of the box has a door on it and the top of this box has just imagine a three-dimensional letter m that runs from the top of the front of the box to the top of the back of the box the peaks of this letter m drop down into the valley of the middle of the m and in the middle of that valley is a ladder something similar to a ladder anyway and imagine that ladder lays on the top of that box from the front to the back and it lays horizontal to the ground so this entire letter m for the roof except for the ladder is covered in chicken wire as well the ladder and the openings between the ladder stay uncovered so the way this trap works is you bait the inside of the trap with corn or whatever bait you want to use to get the crows to come into the area and to come into that trap the crows will actually land on the two peaks of that m on the roof they will fly down into the trap through the ladder that is the valley in that letter m and they get in there and eat the corn and when they get ready to fly out they actually will learn to go out the door well after a period of time when you're feeding the crows in that trap and you get them comfortable coming into that trap and feeding and going out the door of that trap one day you just close the door and so the crows fly in through that ladder between the rungs in that ladder they fly into the trap they eat the corn when they get ready to leave they fly up when they realize that the door is closed but they can't get through the rungs on that ladder as long as the rungs on the ladder are spaced out to be shorter than their wingspan and you can actually trap crows like this and the Brits recommend not disposing of the crows until dark they said that what will happen is that if you dispose of the crows prior to dark and the other crows see that they will not come into the trap from that point so wait until dark go in dispatch your crows remove them from the trap reset everything and catch more crows so this is a good way to get rid of some more nest predators and help out your turkey population so go to youtube and check that out i'm actually going to build one just to see if this thing works the videos on youtube show crows inside these traps these ladder traps so i have no reason to doubt that they work if it's on the internet it's got to be true okay so i'm moving on now as you know i am back from the nwtf sports show and convention and it was a great show the crowds were huge every single day friday this year I'm going to say the crowd was probably as big as it was Saturday last year. The crowd on Friday was huge. The crowd on Saturday, well, I haven't seen the stats yet from the NWTF, but the crowd on Saturday of the four years I've been there, there's no question. It was the largest crowd that I have ever seen there on a Saturday, and it was awesome. The excitement in that place was unreal. Lots of great people walking around, lots of great hunters walking around, and I was really glad to see some familiar faces like Tim and Chris Seaton with Rugged Cross Blinds, Josh Carney, Steve Hickoff, Karen Lee, just to name a few, and I mean a very few. I also got to see many of the guys who have been on the show before, like Harold Knight, Cus Strickland, and Jeff Buds, to name a few and I do mean a very few. I also got to meet a few guys that I haven't met before and want to get on the show, like Ray I and Ernie Calandrelli, to name a few, and I mean a very few. And I also got to meet several of you guys who reached out to me while you were at the show, and that was awesome. Guys like Josh McGinley and Matt Allen, just to name a few, and I mean a very few because I did meet several of you guys and I am really excited about that fortunately I got to meet more of you guys who reached out to me than I missed which was really good for me even though I didn't really want to miss meeting any of you guys it just 
worked out that way, and I knew it would. There would be some guys that I would end up missing. So I have to say that I'll make it a point to catch up with those of you whom I missed meeting this year, like Joseph Varrock and Meadows615. And Meadows615 is an Instagram handle because I don't happen to know Meadows615's real name. During the show, I also got to introduce myself and the show to quite a few new people as well. People like Jason McAlpin and Dustin Miller, just to name a few. And I mean a very few. I want to explain how I met Jason, Dustin, and about six or eight other random attendees at the show. So here's what I did. I had the idea this year to walk around the show with my microphone and not only interview a lot of the pros who have already been on the show and guys who have not been on the show yet, but a lot of the people walking around the show. My thought process behind that was this. Many of the best turkey hunters in this country are people that we've never heard of, most likely because they just don't want to be known. They're happy living their lives the way they are and turkey hunting during turkey season and killing turkeys without a lot of recognition. And I am totally cool with that. But I wanted to meet some of those guys and interview some of them. So I was just picking random people walking around the floor of the NWTF convention and asking them questions. Actually, I was asking them one question. So I was conducting one question interviews. So every one of these guys that I approached, I got to agree to let me have them and their knowledge for about two to five minutes. I stuck a microphone in their faces to ask them one question. And, well, here's what we have. Listen in and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, I am here at the NWTF convention and I have just snagged two people out of the crowd just to do a quick interview and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So guys, tell us who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been turkey hunting. Uh, Andrew LaHoden, Kevin, Kentucky, never. <laughs> That's a good answer. Uh, it's Cody Cavanaugh. I'm from Kentucky and I've been uh, turkey hunting for see, about uh, 16 years. Fantastic. All right, so Cody, I'm going to ask you the question first. All right. So you've been turkey hunting for 16 years. What is the one thing that when you learned this one thing about turkey hunting, it turned your success ratio around and made you have more success and feel more tags? Patience. That's definitely the biggest thing that you got to have with turkeys because you just can't rush in there all the time. That's a very good point. Very good point. I appreciate that. And now, Andrew? Yeah. Have you, you have never turkey hunted? I've never turkey hunted, no. I've and, never gone out with the intentions of killing a turkey. And Cody, are you taking him this year? If he wants to go, I'll take him. You, do you have the desire to go? Uh, to be completely honest, no, not really. I mean, I can shoot my shotgun off my back porch, and whether I hit a turkey or not, that's all good. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to say this, and my dad told me this a long, long time ago. He said, it's, it's a good thing that not everybody likes to do what you like to do because then there wouldn't be enough room for you to do it. That's so, true. Yeah. Well, you're a good friend for coming out here with Cody because <laughs> if you're not a turkey hunter, this is not the place you want to be. It's not bad here. I like the outdoors, the guns, knives, all that good stuff. So, it's good, good deal. Good deal. Andrew, thank you. Cody, thank you. Appreciate you guys taking time out to Amen. stop and chat with us for a minute. Okay. Did I just hear that correctly? Did he just say that he has no desire to go turkey hunting? I don't guess I have to understand everything. And if we were all the same, this world would be a boring place. So, Andrew, thank you for letting me interview you, even though you don't turkey hunt. Cody, good luck this season. Keep working on Andrew. See if you can get him out there in the woods with you for a turkey hunt. I think once he goes, he'll change his mind about turkey hunting. Okay, so here comes another interview for you. Okay, guys, I've uh, snagged another innocent victim here at the Turkey Convention to ask my one question. So do you mind telling us your name, where you're from, and how long you've been turkey hunting? Uh, my name is Drew Richards. I've been turkey hunting for 35 years in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Fantastic, Drew, thank you. So what is the one thing that you learned that took your success level from being kind of where 
you know, that beginning to intermediate type hunter to where you are today? What's, what's that one thing that's really helped you? I would say patience. Okay. Patience. You, 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 you observe the turkey and let him do what he does. He's a, you, you can't force him to come to a call or to let you be successful. You have to observe and be patient and take advantage of what he does. Fantastic. That's a great answer. I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today and uh, wish you guys a lot of luck this season. Hope you have a lot of fun at the show. Thank you, Drew. Okay, so there you have it again, patience. But I think really the one thing that stood out to me in that interview with Drew is he said you can't force a bird to do what he doesn't want to do. And that is very true. You can change his mind and make him do what you want him to do, but you cannot force him to do what he wants to do when he's not ready to do it. So that is definitely where that patience comes in. And we need to learn the things that can turn a bird's priorities around to make them what we want them to be. So so that was my one real takeaway from what he said. And here comes one more interview. All right, guys, I have snagged another innocent victim here at the Wild Turkey Convention, the NWTF Convention. And, sir, can you tell us your name, where you're from, and how long you've been turkey hunting? My name is Mark Snow from Huntsville, Alabama. I've been turkey hunting about 35 years. Fantastic. So you've killed a bird or two in 35 years. A few, a few, yes. Good deal. So can you tell us the one thing that kind of turned your success ratio around in the woods with turkeys. You know, took you from kind of being that beginner turkey hunter to where you are today. Uh, I'd say probably the bigger success uh, change was learning to call with the mouth calls, uh, to transition great. to the mouth calls. Started out with the box calls, they worked great. It's great for the beginners. Yeah. Killed, a, killed a lot of birds that way, but, but a little practice and, and doing that to stay a little more concealed. You don't have to move and uh, you get busted a, a, a little bit less. So yeah. Uh, yeah. to me, and, and I get a little more realistic sound uh, and, and a lot more attention from the, from the birds. Yeah. yeah. So can I ask you a follow-up question? I told you it was one question interview, but I'm gonna ask you a second one. How often did you practice to where you got, felt like you got fluent with it? Because a lot of beginners, they either can't handle the diaphragm call in their mouth or they can handle the call in their mouth, but, but they're not, they don't feel like they make good calls with it. So how much practicing did you do? Um, well, even even to this day, I usually start out about a month before the season comes in, and I, you know, I keep it in the truck when I'm going back and forth to work. I'm, I'm calling in the truck and doing that kind of thing. But, you know, as a beginner, um, I don't know, you know, some uh, very, fairly often for a few months, uh, you know, coming up to the season. And then, of course, in the field, you, you do it, listening to DVDs, listening to what it's supposed to sound like, things like that. Those all helped as well. Yeah. A big, a big, big help for people that have trouble with it is is trimming it. You know, they, they take them out of the box and expect them to do that. You have to trim it to fit your mouth. So just start slow, trim a little off, get it, get it to kind of fit. Yeah. Uh, and so that that helps a lot as well because it does feel a little awkward in, in your mouth. It does. But, yeah. but you know, trim it up a little bit and um, keep practicing. Good deal. Fantastic. Mark, I sure do appreciate your time, and I think that's sage advice, and hopefully uh, it'll help somebody kill a turkey this year. Sure, no problem. All right. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Did you guys pick up on that? I have seen the guys who compete in calling contests with diaphragm calls call with diaphragm calls that have no tape on them, and I thought, that's really weird. Why would they make a call with tape and then these guys are taking the tape off of the call? Well, if you can find a call that fits the roof of your mouth, it works very well without tape, which means that most of the calls when they come out of the case do not fit the roof of your mouth and you need to trim them. That is a great piece of advice that we just got. And if you guys are not trimming calls, remember, when you trim them, trim a little bit at a time. You can always take more tape off, but it's harder to add tape to a call that you've cut too much off of. So when you pull that call out of the case and it doesn't fit real well, you can't get it situated in your mouth, it's not making the calls that you want to make, trim some off the sides, trim a little bit off the back of the call, 
Try it again. See if you can get it situated on the roof of your mouth and keep practicing with that call. Practice, practice, practice. And yes, you can master a diaphragm call. All right, here comes one more interview. All right, so I have snagged. I'm going to say he's a not-so-innocent bystander at the convention because I actually know this fella, but I've snagged him, and I'm going to ask him the one question. And so before I ask you the one question, tell us who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been turkey hunting. Hi, I'm Richard Duncan, Birmingham, Alabama. Been turkey hunting for 32 years. All right. Richard, what is the one thing that you learned about turkey hunting that took you from kind of being at that beginner to intermediate level to where you are today? Andy, sometimes I think I'm still a beginner because they <laughs> they teach you every day that they know more than you do. For sure. But I'd have to say the thing that has taught me to kill the most birds is patience. I think a combination of calling, decoys, and the right setup or even if you have neither one, you can tree stand hunt them just like deer. Yep. But patience. If you got patience, you can kill turkeys. And I believe that. That's a very good point. And, you know, I, I think I may have heard that once or twice today. Patience. So that's that's very good. I appreciate that. So you, you've got a little product, though, that you are selling this turkey hunting related. You want to tell us about that real quick? Sure, I came out with the Strutton 360 in 2009, and last spring I came out with a new model, it's called the XDR, and it's a, a product that you can mount a decoy, whether a fake decoy, plastic decoy, or a real mount, to, and you can control it with a transmitter, so you set it up in the field, go back to your hunting location, you see a tom out in the field, you can rotate it. Looks like a big tom strutting if you're using a tom. And sometimes that's all you need to just have them close the distance. Fantastic. So where can somebody find that if they're interested in learning more about it? Right now we're starting to get them in dealer shops, but you can go to my webpage at www.rjduncan.com. Duncan is spelled D-U-N-K-I-N. Fantastic. Richard, thank you for taking a couple of minutes out of the walking around the show floor here to chat with me and uh, wish you a lot of luck and hope you sell a lot of the Strutton 360s. Thanks. All right. Well, this is starting to be a recurring theme, isn't it? Patience. The more I hear that word, the more I think that I need to roll patience a little bit more into my turkey hunting strategies. Here comes one more interview for you. All right, guys, I have snagged another innocent victim here at the NWTF show to ask him the one question. So can you tell us your name, where you're from, and how long you've been turkey hunting? I'm Jason McAlpin. I'm from Tresent, Tennessee. I've been turkey hunting for 23 years. Fantastic. All right, so Jason, can you share with us the one thing that you learned about turkey hunting that took your success level from being kind of that beginner or intermediate level to where you are today? major thing that I learned very early on is you cannot call a turkey to somewhere he doesn't want to go. And patience, patience, patience is key and uh, work on your woodsmanship skills and knowing the lay of the land more than anything. That's more important than calling, having the right choke in your gun or the right turkey ammo. It's patience and, and woodsmanship skills. They kill more turkeys in my opinion than anything out there. Very good advice. Very good advice. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you taking time to talk to us and share your wisdom. I love getting more than I bargained for. How awesome was that? How was that? Instead of one thing, we got three things. All of them. Great pieces of advice and things we need to work on as well to be better turkey hunters. Very good. So here comes one more. Hey, I have two more innocent victims here at the NWTF convention. And I'm gonna ask them the one question, but first, tell me where you guys are from, how long you've been turkey hunting, and tell me your name. Not in that order. Give me your name first. I'm Katie Lyle from Savannah, Missouri. All right. And I'm Chaz Lyle from Savannah, Missouri. I've been turkey hunting for 23 years now. Good deal. I've been turkey hunting between four or five years. Okay. All right. 
Very good. So I want to ask each of you the one thing that kind of turned your success level, your success ratio around in the woods and took you from being what you might consider a, a beginner turkey hunter to you know that level of where you are right now. I honestly think for me, when he was teaching me, I kind of thought as we were watching turkey videos and he's showing me what to do, I kind of thought I knew it all right off the bat. I'm with you. And he, and he constantly told me how important it was to be as still as you can be because they can see everything. And when I was out there, I think when I was first hunting, I would scratch my nose. I'd And he's like, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. They see everything you do. And then I realized when we were hunting, they were seeing me and it was ruining our hunt. So then I took that in and I decided, okay, I'm really going to be as still as I can. And we do that every time now. I think we try to be as absolute, you know, not move, just be as still as we can. And that's really just helped me, I think. Awesome. I think that's great advice. I have turkey hunted all over the Midwest in seven or eight states and there's not one more important tool out there than a pair of binoculars. A turkey sees eight to ten times better than a human does. They see every movement out there and they will absolutely see a person before a person will see them. So that's the only way you can even that game out. I will, I have literally had birds roosted and walked back to the truck, walked, made a 15 or 20 minute walk back to the truck in the morning because I forgot my binoculars. I, they are as important to me as my gun is basically. You cannot hunt turkeys, especially after your initial fly down hunt, you cannot hunt turkeys without a pair of binoculars. If you're gonna run and gun and chase turkeys around, or you're gonna drive around the roads, you cannot do it without a good pair of binoculars. It is one tool that definitely helps to even the playing field as much as it can be leveled with a, tur with a turkey. Absolutely. So I think that's great advice. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for stopping and giving me two minutes of your time and helping out some newbie turkey hunters. So I kind of slipped into the duck pond with that one a little bit, didn't I? That duck was quacking in the background is about to drive me crazy. But those are two things that we haven't heard that I do think are extremely important. Using binoculars does help to level the playing field in the woods. And, you know, I've said this before in other episodes, kind of get that term running and gunning out of your head. You should do more stopping, looking, and listening. And that's where that word patience comes in again. If you will walk through the woods and pay attention to what's going on around you, listen to the sounds that are going on, you can hear turkeys drumming that are not responding to your calls. You can hear turkeys scratching in the leaves that are not responding to your calls. And you will kill more turkeys by paying attention to what's going on. When you get to a curve in the road, get up to the edge of the woods and that curve in the road. Use your binoculars to look down that road and peek your head around the curve in that road to see a little bit further. Take a quarter of a step and peek down that road so you can see a little bit further down the road. Take another quarter of a step so you can see a little bit further. Use those binoculars. Be patient. Pay attention to what's going on around you. And one other thing, she hit the nail on the head with this one, limiting your movement. So actually when I sit down on a turkey to hunt that turkey, I am completely ready to shoot without having to move. If that turkey comes into my setup right in front of my gun barrel, he's dead. I don't have to move. My gun is on my knee. The butt of my gun is up to my shoulder. My head is close to being down on the buttstock of the gun so I can take a shot. I am ready to shoot. All I've got to do is move a little bit left or a little bit right, depending on where that turkey comes into my setup, and I'm ready to shoot. I don't have to worry about moving my gun around a whole lot to get in position to shoot. I don't have to worry about moving my body around a whole lot to get in position to shoot. I am ready to shoot. Limit your movement as much as you can. So that was another great piece of advice that we just got. Here comes one more interview. Hey guys, I've one other person wandering around here at the show who I just look at him and I just know this guy has tons of wisdom to share with us. So can you give us your name, tell us where you're from, and how long you've been turkey hunting? My name is Dustin Miller. I'm from Minnesota. I've been hunting turkey since I was probably 11 years old. Uh, and you're 14 now, is that right? 
Just about, just about. 32 years old right now. <laughs> Wish I was 14. <laughs> oh, the, those good old days. All right, so can you tell me the one thing that when you learned it, took your success level in the turkey woods from kind of that beginner hunter stage to where you actually are having a lot of success? Well, my wife can probably attest to this, but the turkey season never ends at our house. There's, there's a lot of uh, practice with calls that are going on <laughs> pretty consistently. Head, yes. Yes. But no, I think the biggest thing that I noticed is you need, you need to practice your calling a lot. You need to, you know, the biggest thing is to be out there and see what the turkeys are doing, how they're responding to calls. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's been the greatest success for me as far as seeing improvement is, you know, knowing your call, knowing your equipment, being out there and being patient. That's, that's the biggest thing for me yeah. that I've, I've really seen my success go from mediocre at best, as some of my friends here might say, but uh, I've kind of become a turkey killing machine now that I've, I've learned how to run some very good calls and uh, that's where I've seen a lot of my success kind of improve at, so. Yeah. Fantastic, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I think that, you know, for me, I didn't realize until just really a few years ago that a turkey calls a musical instrument. It's just a different type of musical instrument. And if you're going to learn to play any musical instrument and be good at it, you got to practice. And so I think that's very good advice. Absolutely. So, good deal. Dustin, thank you very much. I hope you enjoy your time here at the show and wish you a lot of success this spring. Thank you. Okay, so I don't even know what to say after that one. That was so good that I just don't even think I can add on to it. If you didn't catch all of that, go back and listen to it again. I mean, what what can I say that'll make that any better? Let's put an explanation point on it and let's move on to the next interview. Okay, so I've actually managed to bump into another somebody I know, and I've had the pleasure of turkey hunting with this guy before, and I can tell you he's he's pretty good at it, but I'm not going to say that so loud that he can hear me because his head's going to get big, but... I'm going to ask him the one question. So tell us who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been turkey hunting. My name is Gary Vines. I've been turkey hunting uh, 42 years. And uh, I make the Spurmaster turkey call. And uh, been enjoying the last uh, four or five years pretty good. That's what I've been, uh, been using to turkey hunt. All right. So there's a lot of beginners listening to the show, and just like you know, I think back to when I was just learning how to turkey hunt and having to overcome those hurdles. Today's a lot different because we have a lot of resources out there that we didn't have 20 years ago, like the internet. But can you share one thing that really took your success level from being kind of that beginner? level to where you are right now there's one thing that turned that around for you well actually there's probably two things and the the one that i would say is probably important is be patient and then have confidence in your calling and you know if you got if you got confidence in your calling and uh you you know just believe that you know you can call a turkey up that's the main thing, you know, have confidence in your calling and be patient and you will kill turkeys. I think that's great advice and one thing that we can all do to help our confidence level is practice. That's and right. so, you know. That's right, practice all you can, get confidence and go turkey hunting, be patient. You know, it's easy to get uh, frustrated because a turkey is a turkey. Just be patient have confidence, and uh, should be able to kill some turkeys. Fantastic. Gary, thank you. I appreciate you taking a couple minutes out of your day to share some of your wisdom with some of the listeners. All right, I appreciate it. So it looks like we're introducing another recurring theme to this episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast, and that's practice. So what are you doing right now? Are you listening to the show while you're driving down the road? And if you are, do you have turkey calls in your vehicle? And are you practicing? That is the perfect time to be practicing your calls. It's downtime. Don't turn off the show, but you need to be practicing. Anytime you can get a chance to practice with your calls, do it. As part of your practicing, 
You also need to be listening to hens, hen calling. There are a lot of resources available to listen to live hens calling. There are videos on YouTube that you can be playing over your car stereo speakers. There are CDs available that have live turkeys calling on them. If you want to buy one of those, go to judgmentgamecalls.com and buy one of the turkey calling CDs on there. You will not regret it. It will help to improve your calling. You have to know what you're mimicking when you're trying to mimic it. Otherwise, you're not going to be as good at it. So, let's get on to the next interview. Hey guys, I've stumbled up here and I found another person that I've met before and I'm going to pick his brain and let him share the one thing with me. So, alright, tell us who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been turkey hunting. Uh, my name's Terry Sullivan. I'm from Jemison, Alabama, and I've been hunting about right at 40 years. All right. That's a good deal. So 40 years of hunting, you you had to have learned a thing or two that really helped you to kill more birds, but can you share one thing with the listeners to this show of what really helped you go from, from being a beginner turkey hunter to where you had some good success year in and year out? Well, the... To me, the biggest thing that helped me was having a grandpa that turkey hunted and having a mentor yep. to take you and uh, get you through showing you how. And instead of having to learn on your own, that really will really help you get with somebody that's a really good turkey hunter. And I was blessed to have grandpas and uncles. So I was I was raised from a little boy hearing turkey hunting stories. And I remember as a kid saying, man, when I grow up, I'm going to kill me a turkey. Yeah. You know, so... Get, getting to be around old turkey hunters are really happy. Yeah. Yeah, well. So not only going with them, but listening to, to their stories was probably a big help too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, when you grow up hearing turkey stories your whole life, it really helps being around it. And it'll get you fired up. And then, like I said, you get to go, and they've been through it for years. And they, it's, it's a big help. That's awesome. Terry, I, I gotta tell you, just listening to you talk has gotten me fired up. So I'm ready to go. Good deal. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom with, with the listeners, and I wish you a lot of luck this coming season. Hey, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you. He just hit a home run. Man, I'm telling you, that is a great piece of advice. So how do new turkey hunters find a mentor? Well, you know, there are a lot of forums out there related to turkey hunting. And I think if you were to go out on one of those forums and you were to make mention to someone that you've got a piece of property that has some turkeys on it and that you would love to take somebody turkey hunting on your property, if they don't mind sharing some of their knowledge and teaching you some things while you're in the woods with them. I can tell you that if I saw a post like that and you had some property in an area that has turkeys on it, I'm calling you. There's no question. I love to turkey hunt, but you can only stand a chance of killing turkeys where there are turkeys. And if someone invites me to go hunting with them and they have a great piece of property, I'm going. What it boils down to. So, get on the forums and look around. See if you can find somebody who's been turkey hunting for a long time that's willing to take you. And good luck. And be safe. We're moving on. Here comes one more. Dadgummit, I'm getting fired up. All right, so I've got to tell you, I'm having a ball during these interviews because I'm, I'm just grabbing people off the show floor here at the NWTF convention, and I'm putting them on the spot, and I'm getting a lot of, well, I don't know what to say. All right, give me the microphone. I'm ready now. So I've snagged one other victim, and I want you to tell us who you are, where you're from, and how long you've been turkey hunting. My name's Blake Dial. I'm from Livingston, Alabama, and I've been turkey hunting since I was six years old, so it would make 15 years now. I grew up hunting with an old mentor named George Mayfield from Pickens, Alabama. He owned the roost in Knoxville, Mississippi for roughly 25 years and sold out. Um, so I grew up hunting with him and had a lot of a lot of good experience with that man. And uh, he taught me a lot of things in the woods, but the, the main thing that he taught me that would carry me over the top was woodsmanship and not to call. Yeah. The, the best thing he ever taught me was silence is golden. 
So the best thing you can do is to put your calls in your pockets and listen, hunt with your ears and don't hunt with your feet. You sit down and listen, sit down. If you have the time, sit down for an hour at the time. The old man always told me he would sit down for an hour at a time and if you, whenever you think you've been there for an hour, sit down for 15 more minutes and then you still haven't been there long enough. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the, the number one thing that I can say to anybody is just don't rush yourself in the hunt and sit and listen. When you're walking, you can't hear anything. So the best thing you can do is sit and listen and hunt with your ears. Very good advice, very good advice. After I got a few years under my belt and I messed up a, a bunch of turkeys by being impatient, I, I made myself a rule that when I sat down against a tree that I would not move for one hour. And I actually killed a couple of turkeys that way, and then I got antsy and, you know, I, I've gone back to my bad ways again. But that is a, a great piece of advice, and I think if people will plant their butt down for an hour, and if you sit down and you realize you sat down in the wrong spot, get up and move real quick and then sit down for an hour. Don't, don't sit there for 30 minutes and then think you're going to get up because you're going to bump him. So good deal. Blake, thank you. It's a great piece of advice and I appreciate you taking time out to share that with everybody. Thank you. Once again, we got more than I asked for. Blake is a young hunter, but he is a good one. And he's a good one because he had a mentor who was a good one. So what you're hearing from Blake is what his mentor has taught him. And Blake kills a lot of turkeys. So there's another great short interview with Blake, and here comes one more. Hey guys, I have snagged what a lot of people feel like is one of the very best turkey hunters in the state of Alabama, and he's not going to say that he is. But I'm going to let him tell us who he is, where he's from, how long he's been turkey hunting, and then I'm going to ask him the one question. So, All right, my name is Bob Walker. And uh, don't believe everything he says about me. <laughs> One thing I've learned a long time ago, too, is if you think you know it all, you're backing up. <laughs> but I'm from Livingston, Alabama. I've been turkey hunting since I was uh, 10 years. Well, I, I went with my dad the first time when I was four. I killed my first turkey when I was 10, and I'm 54 years old, so you can do the math. I was lucky, my dad was a turkey hunter early on. There weren't that many around. Yep. So I got to sit by the tree and watch him till I was old enough to do it. And that, that right there was huge, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. I had to learn patience, you know. My dad was patient as he could be. I mean, I, I, it drove me nuts sitting there. But I got an elbow in the ribs many a time, be still, be still. <laughs> but anyway, that right there is one thing, but all right. What's your question now? All right. So the one thing that I that I want to know, that everybody listening to the show wants to know, is what is the one thing that you learned starting out turkey hunting that took your success level from being kind of that beginner type success level to where you are today? Well, number number one is there's not one thing. But since you asked me one thing, I, I would have to say you gotta you gotta think like that turkey's thinking. In other words, what is that turkey thinking? Every turkey you sit down on, you gotta go, okay, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? You've gotta get in his head. You have got to think, try to think like a turkey. And that sounds corny, but you've gotta think about why is he doing this, why is he doing that? And, and if you'll do that, you'll, 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 you'll catch yourself doing things just like that that you just don't realize that you're doing, and, and you'll, you'll be doing, doing yourself a favor, I think. I think it's a great piece of advice. So then how do you recommend somebody learns that, by just going and watching birds? Well, watching turkeys, really. I, I know a turkey hunter pays attention to when he's calling to a turkey and uh, how that turkey reacts and what it does and uh, you know just put that in your mind and remember what he did and you've got to learn from experience but you know if you want to shortcut that really pay attention to what that turkey is gobbling at okay every time he gobbles is he gobbling at every crow is he gobbling at one that's just loud and not answering everything well if he's gobbling at every crow 
or every owl, he's fired up. Yeah. You can do a little bit different with him. You can yep at him a little more and do that. But if he's not gobbling and everything and you kind of got to pull the gobble out of him, well, you may have to treat him a little different. You know, you got to treat him with kid gloves or either build up, try to get him fired up. If he doesn't get fired up, you better back off because you're going to shot, you're going to kind of push him away by yipping too much. Right. So you kind of got to, you got to feel him out and that's trial and error. And that's the fun part of turkey hunting. You got to figure it out, learn it for yourself. You know, shortcut, ask your buddy, ask somebody you know that's a turkey hunter. Say, look, I did this this morning. Yeah. What do you think I should have done? Because yeah. you're going to run out of ideas. You're going to be going, man, what else can I do? You know, so it's, it's pretty cool, man. That's what makes turkey hunting so great. You're right. No absolutes. You're right. And, and I think that a lot of the frustrations that I experienced as a beginner turkey hunter, really, you know, now that I'm older and I look back on them, that's part of what made it fun and that's oh, what yeah. kept me going and kept me kind going of, after them kind of a chess match yeah you know yeah. i hate getting whooped oh yeah and i, I still do it today you exactly and right and like I, I can remember i can remember me and my dad going and and i could yell i mean i could yell and do all this you know yeah. and he said you got to go he said ain't no need you going with me you know and 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 that's he made me go by myself because he, he could tell I wasn't gonna learn nothing except with him, yeah. letting him do it. So he said, get out, go, go. As soon as I was safe with a gun and he trusted me, he go. You know, and that was frustrating. Oh, yeah. I'd come back, man, he was gobbling. And I did this, did this. He said, well, he probably did a little too much yapping. That's usually what it is, you know? That's usually what and it is. And so, yeah. you gotta get out there and go. Don't get discouraged. That's right. Find you somebody, there's somebody you can talk to. You know, with Facebook, right. and all that out there now, Instagram, whatever, you can hit somebody up, message me, message somebody that you trust their opinion, and ask them. They'll be glad to help. Too many resources not to take oh, advantage yeah. of. Big time. Yeah. Big A time. lot more than when I was learning how to turkey hunt. You're right. So, good deal, Bob. Thank you. I know I asked you more than one question, but I appreciate you sharing. Man, that's good. Extra I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, man. Good thank deal. you. Thank you. How was that for a grand finale? All right, I hope you guys enjoyed those interviews as much as I did conducting them. You know, there was one thing that really was repeated over and over and over in the interviews, whether that was interviews with Average Joe Turkey Hunter walking around the floor of the NWTF convention or an interview with the pros, and that was patience. Patience, patience, patience. So instead of using the word patience, I like to use the term being patiently aggressive. Because the truth of the matter is, you can actually kill turkeys by sitting in the same spot all day long, by being patient. If you have a bird who's responding to you on the roost, and he flies down, and he goes the other direction, he may very well come back in two hours, or four hours, or ten hours. But, personally, I don't want to sit around and wait for him to maybe come back in ten hours. So I'm going to use my knowledge and experience of turkeys, turkey hunting, and what they're doing to get up and try to get in front of that turkey and get to where that turkey's going. So by being patiently aggressive, it's kind of like Kenny Rogers' old song, The Gambler. You have to know when to hold them and know when to fold them and know when to walk away and know when to run. He basically is just giving you the key to killing turkeys. But still, that's not my one thing that turned my success level around in the turkey woods. But that's just my take on the whole patience thing. There are a lot of guys and women who will go and sit in an area for several hours and wait on turkeys, and they will kill turkeys. It's just a different approach. And that's kind of the one takeaway that I want you to get from these interviews. There is not one thing that you can do to kill more turkeys. There are many things that you can do to kill more turkeys. Lots of those were mentioned in these interviews that we did today. So killing more turkeys involves us having more tricks in our bags. We need our bags full of tricks, and we need to pull those tricks out and try them on turkeys when the turkeys are not responding. And if it's not working, grab another one out of the bag and try it. If it doesn't work, grab another one out of the bag and try it. Run through that bag of tricks on turkeys and you will kill more turkeys. What I want you guys to take out of this episode of the show and these interviews that I did is I want you 
to be able to have more tricks in your bags. So take some of these tricks that you're hearing, take some of these one things that you're hearing, put them in your bag of tricks, and pull them out this season when you get a bird that's trying to whip up on you pretty good. Okay, now I want to thank everyone who gave me the time of day at the show and took time out of their day to share their knowledge and opinions with us. You know, my plan was to have two episodes of these interviews. I really wanted to get about 25 of these done. But both of the helpers that I had lined up to help me with these interviews got sick, and neither of them could help me. Sometimes the best laid plans go awry, and we just have to make do with what we can do. Nonetheless, I thought the interviews that I did get turned out really well, and I hope that you guys learned something from them. Now, if you want to hear how some of the pros answered the one question interview that I did, then you'll want to tune in next week to find out how you can get that information. All right, so that's all that I've got for you guys this week. But before I let you go, I need one favor from you this week, please. It's not even a John Normus favor. It's just a regular old favor. Please like, retweet, and share this episode on Facebook and Twitter. If you've got friends who like to hunt, whether they like to turkey hunt or not, make sure that you get this in front of them, and maybe we'll hook another listener, and we might even get another turkey hunter in the mix. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again with another awesome show next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.